Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, it's Mike again. It's nothing but the truth. Can do another recording of a. Uh... Solving mystery, Babylon. Solving the mystery of Babylon the Great. Sorry, from Edward Henry. And uh, we're now on chapter four. Kabbalah and Talmud. It's interesting how uh, they're playing off each other here. The uh, Synagogue of Satan and Rome, the use of the Jesuits and the Black Pope, and the use of uh, the Talmudic, the Talmud and the Kabbalah, and uh, so the story is much deeper. It's more than just names and numbers or figures, and uh, it's interesting how one one group focuses on one. Uh, one group of researchers will focus on one group, the Jews, and another one will focus on another group, but it'll be Rome and the Jesuits. And it's still, I find immense amount of questions about why they can't put the two together. So I don't believe that. I'm, a, I'm sure there are some people out there have their own agendas or agendas of somebody else, but I don't know. The Jewish study in Rome led to inculcation of Jewish doctrine into the Roman church. The Kabbalah and the Talmud are at the root of the Jewish doctrine. The Kabbalah is a Hebrew word which literally which literally translated means tradition. Uh, Nesta Webster, in her classic book, Secret Societies and Subversive Movements, explains how the Jewish theology of the Kabbalah was introduced into the Roman Catholic Church by Pope Sixtus the Fourth in 17, excuse me, 1471-1484. That's very interesting timing, isn't it? Especially when you go leading up to Ignatius Loyola and the the Jesuits, huh? It was likewise from the a Florentine Jew, Alamantus, um, Alamandus, or uh, De uh, Tailus, the Piccadilly. Uh, Mirandola, 15th century mystic, Piccadilly, sounds like something you'd find in downtown London, Uh, 
15th century mystic, received instructions in the Kabbalah, and imagined that he had discovered the doctrines of Christianity. This delighted Pope Sixtus IV, who thereupon ordered Kabbalistic writings to be translated into Latin for the use of divinity students. Jesus criticized the Pharisees for their religious traditions. Those traditions were oral traditions at the time. Later, they were memorialized in the Talmud and the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah and the Talmud today span numerous volumes. Jesus called the Pharisees hypocrites who masqueraded as religious men but who were, in reality, irreligious frauds. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were, of, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, why do ye also transgress the commandments of God by your tradition? For uh, God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curses father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me and honor not his mother or mother he shall be free thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition ye hypocrites well did Isaiah prophesy of you saying this people draweth nine unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching the doctrines, the commandments of men. Matthew 15, verses 1 through 9, authorized version of the King James Bible. <clears throat> the Pharisees had an outward appearance of piety in order to gain political and religious control of the Jews. In secret, however, they practiced an occult doctrine that was only known to the initiates. Lady Queensborough, Edith Miller explains in her book, Occult Theology, that Chaldean science acquired by many of the Jewish priests during the captivity of Babylon gave birth to the sect of Pharisees whose name only appears in the Holy Scriptures and in the writing of the Jewish historians after the captivity of 606 B.C. The works of the celebrated scientist Monk Levy, no doubt on the point that the sect appeared during the period of the captivity, quote, from then dates the Kabbalah and the tradition of the Pharisees. For, long, for a long time, their precepts were only transmitted orally, but later 
they formed the Talmud and received their final form in the book called the Sefer HaZohar. Scrupulous observance by the Pharisees of Jewish religious tradition was only a cover for their secret doctrine. They had rejected Jehovah and had adopted the pantheism of Babylon. They pretended that their many rituals were necessary for the worship of Jehovah. But those were only man-made rules to conceal their secret Babylonian religion. Jesus rebuked them for it, calling them hypocrites for their vain worship of God through man-inspired rituals and honoring God with fine words. When their hearts, in fact, were focused on the heathen gods of Babylon, see Mark 7, verses 5 through 7. The Pharisees had accepted a satanic lie that they had become, quote, as gods, end of quote. See Genesis 3, 5. Their new Babylonian, a.k.a. Chaldean religion, was to be exclusive to Jews who were to rule the world. Ethos Miller explains, the Pharisees then judging it wiser to capture the confidence of their um, compatriots by taking the lead in the religious movement affected a scrupulous observance of the slightest perceptions or prescriptions, excuse me, of the law and instituted the practice of uh, complicated rituals simultaneously, however, cultivating a new doctrine, i.e. secret doctrine and the secret sanctuaries. These were regular secret societies composed during the captivity of a few hundred adepts. At the time of Flavius Josephus, which was that of their greatest prosperity, they numbered only some 6,000 members. Really, 6,000 members. There's a six, six million, 6,000, 666, six, six, six. This group of intellectual pantheists was soon to acquire a directing influence over the Jewish nation. Nothing, moreover, likely to offend the national sentiment ever appeared in their doctrines. However, saturated with pantheistic Chaldeanism, they might have been the Pharisees preserved their ethnic pride intact. This religion of man, uh, divinized, excuse me, man divinized, which they had absorbed at Babylon, they conceived solely as applying to the prophet, not like prophet, like prophet of God, but prophet, like financial prophet or gain, prophet of the Jews, of the Jew, the superior and 
predestined being, like the general superior, or superior general, the uh, the Jesuit and the Black Pope. This promises this the promises of the universal dominion which the Orthodox Jew found in the law. The Pharisees did not interpret in the sense of a reign of the God of Moses over the nations, but in that of a material domination to be imposed on the universe by the Jews. The wanted Messiah was no longer the redeemer of original sin, a spiritual victor who would lead the world. It was a temporal king, bloody with battle, who would make Israel master of the world and drag all people under the wheels of her chariot. And the Pharisees did not ask this enslavement of the nations of a mystical Jehovah, which they continued worshiping in public, only as a concession to popular opinion, for they expected its eventual uh, consummation to be achieved by the secular patience of Israel and the use of human means. kind of like the Jesuits, yeah? put a boot over the neck of the Protestants. Uh, Jesus cursed the Pharisees to their face. Well, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye, ye ha- are as graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. Luke 11:44. Babylonian traditions of the Pharisees, which were traditions passed down orally from generation to generation, were eventually, in part, memorialized in the Kabbalah and the Talmud. The double aim of the Pharisees was to wrestle political control over the Jews from the Sadducees and to modify gradually the conceptions of the people in the direction of their secret doctrine. They accomplish both goals. Today, Orthodox Jewry is an insular authoritarian society that is completely given over to the practice of the Babylonian religion of the ancient Pharisees. The twisted Babylonian god of modern Jewry is expressed in the Talmud and Kabbalah is not the merciful god of the Bible, but rather a god of vengeance and hatred against the Gentiles, particularly Christians. Edith Miller summarizes the nature of the Jewish god as being, quote, just and merciful only to his own people but foe to all other nations, denying them human rights and condemning them, their enslavement 
that Israel might appropriate, appropriate their riches and rule over them, end of quote. Michael Hoffman explains that, quote, like the Talmud, the Kabbalah supersedes, nullifies, and ultimately replaces the Bible, end of quote. Lawrence Fine, professor of Jewish studies and a prominent scholar of medieval Judaism and Jewish mysticism, reveals that the Kabbalah contains the, quote, true and the, quote, meaning of the Old Testament. The simple meaning of the, the biblical language recedes into the background as the symbolic meaning contained in the Kabbalah superseded or supersedes the Bible and takes control. There is a code to the true meaning in the Bible that can only be unlocked through the Kabbalah. The reader must become accustomed to regarding biblical language in the Kabbalistically symbolic way. The Kabbalists taught that the Torah is not only the speech and or word, excuse me, speech or word of God, but is also the many names of God or expressions of God's being. It is a vast body of symbols which refers to the various aspects of divine life, the Sephirot and their complex interaction. The simple meaning of the biblical language recedes into the background as symbolic discourse assumes control. The true meaning of scripture becomes manifest only when it is read with the proper Sephiratic code. Thus, the Torah must not be read on the simple or obvious level of meaning. It must be read with the knowledge of the Kabbalist who possesses the hermeneutical, hermeneutical, hermeneutical uh, keys with which to unlock its inner truth. Hermeneutical, excuse me, not dynamical. Hermeneutical keys. <clears throat> I know how to say the words, and sometimes from my eyes to the words and my mouth, this just doesn't work. The Kabbalah at Zahar 3, 152a states, quote, thus the tales related to the Torah are simply her outer garments. Woe to the person who regards that outer garb as the Torah itself. For such a person will be deprived of a portion in the world to come. That passage in the Kabbalah puts a curse on anyone who tries to read the Bible for what it actually says instead of what instead of with the mystical gloss put on it by the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah is Judaic mystical practices that were adopted by the Jews from Babylon. H.P. Blavatsky describes the Kabbalah as, quote, the hidden wisdom of the Hebrew rabbis of the Middle Ages derived from the older secret doctrines concerning divine things and cosmogony. 
which were combined into a theology after the time of the captivity of the Jews in Babylon. All the works that fall under the esoteric category are termed Kabbalistic. The Jewish Encyclopedia acknowledges the Babylonian, a.k.a. Chaldean, origins of the Kabbalah, a.k.a. Kabbalah. In addition, the Jewish Encyclopedia explains that Gnosticism flowed from the Jews to the Ersatz, or Christians. That is yet more authority that the Gnosticism flowed from Babylon by the Jewish Gnostics to lay the foundation for the Roman Catholic theology. The esoteric Gnosticism imbued in the Catholic theology is based upon the Jewish Kabbalah. The the Pythagorean idea of the creative powers of numbers and letters upon which the Seraph Yezira is founded, which was known in uh, Tanatic times and is here proved to be an old Kabbalistic conception. In fact, the belief in magic power of the letters of the Tetragrammaton and uh, other names of deity seems to have originated in Chaldea. Whatever then, the uh, theurgic the Thurgic Kabbalah was, which under the name of Safar or Helkot Yezira induced Babylonian rabbis of the 4th century to create a calf by magic. Especially does Gnosticism testify of the antiquity of the Kabbalah, of the Chaldean origin as suggested by Kessler, definitively shown by Anz. It's A-N-Z. Gnosticism was Jewish in character long before it became Christian. Magic and occult mysticism runs throughout the Kabbalah. Judith Weil, W-E-I-L-L, a professor of Jewish mysticism, stated that magic is deeply rooted in Jewish tradition. But the Jews are reticent to acknowledge it and do not even refer to it as magic. Rasham Shalom, the 1897-1982 professor of Kabbalah at Hebrew University in Jerusalem, admitted that the Kabbalah contains a great deal of black magic and sorcery which he explained involves invoking the powers of the devils of devils to disrupt the natural order of things. Professor Shalom also stated that there are devils who are in submission to the Talmud. In the Kabbalah, these devils are called Shadim Yahudahim. Well, imagine that. Now we know why they all, whether rabbis or Jesuits or 
Catholic priests and all where they're black, huh? And the others groups, yeah, judges, etc. The Jewish Chronicle revealed that occult practices such as making amulets, charms, and talismans are taught in Jerusalem at the Rabbinic Seminary, Yeshivat Hamakubalim, something like that. Interesting that Joseph Smith, uh, who supposedly started the Mormon church, uh, using talismans, huh? That is why Jesus said to the Jews, "Ye are not, you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do." In John eight forty four, the Bible states clearly that the magic arts are an abomination to the Lord. <clears throat> there shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a counselor with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations... The Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Deuteronomy 18, verses 10 through 12, the authorized version of the Bible. King James Bible. The Kabbalah, like the Talmud, graphically blasphemes Jesus. For example, in Zohar 3, 282a, the Kabbalah refers to Jesus as a dog who resides among filth and vermin. There is a clear parallel between the traditions of the Pharisees of old and those of modern Roman Catholic priestcraft. The Roman Catholic Church follows the practice of the Jews and call the combination of man's traditions and God's word, quote, the word of God, end of quote. To the Protestant Christian, the Word of God means the Holy Bible. However, to the Roman Catholic, it means the Holy Bible plus their traditions. Sacred tradition and sacred scripture make up a single sacred deposit of the Word of God. Catholicism of the Catholic Church. Uh, it's like 97, 1994. The Church to whom the transmission interpretation of Revelation is entrusted does not derive her certainty about all revealed truths from the Holy Scripture alone. Both Scripture and tradition must be accepted and honored with equal sentiment of devotion and reverence. I.D. at 682, emphasis added. The Catholic Church has grafted its a tradition unto the Word of God. With this sleight of hand, they have deceived people into following doctrines that are directly contrary to God's Word as found in the Holy Bible. 
The very idea of adding traditions to God's word is based upon the practice of the Jews. Michael Hoffman explains, quote, The Talmud is Judaism's holiest book, actually a collection of books. Its authority takes precedent over the Old Testament in Judaism. Evidence of this may be found in the Talmud itself. E. Reuben, or Reuben 21b, Son Sino edition. My son, be more careful in observance of the words of the scriptures than in the word of the Torah, Old Testament, end of quote. In that section of the Talmud, there is a distinction made between the Torah and the Talmud. Words of the scribes, meaning the Talmud. Often, that distinction is not made. Jews often refer to both the Talmud and the Torah as the Torah. As with the Catholic Church calling a combination of their traditions and the Bible the Word of God. So also the Jews say that the Torah is a combination of their traditions, the Talmud and Kabbalah and the Old Testament. However, in Orthodox Judaism, the Jewish traditions contained in the rabbinical writing of the Talmud and Kabbalah supersede and supplant the Word of God found in the Old Testament, which is also called the Tanakh. That same thing is true regarding Catholic traditions that supplant the Word of God. The Jew teaches, the Jew teach, the Jews teach that Moses was given revelation in two forms on Mount Sinai, oral and written. The smaller revelation was the written Torah. The larger revelation was kept orally. That's very clever. Uh, quote, this oral Torah had been transmitted faithfully by the leaders to each generation to their successors by Moses to Joshua, and then to the elders, and then to the prophets, to the men of the great assembly, to the leaders of the Pharisees, and finally to the earliest rabbis. The earliest rabbis saw themselves as heirs to the Pharisees, end of quote. In one statement, Jesus exposed the lie that the oral tradition of the Jews were given by God to Moses, uh, at Mount Sinai, Jesus stated, quote, For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if ye believe not in his writings, how shall ye believe my words? End of quote. John 5, verses 46 and 47, authorized version. If the oral traditions had truly been given by Moses, they would have testified to the authenticity of Jesus as Christ. Since the Jews rejected Jesus because he uh, contravened their traditions, that it proof that is proof that their traditions could not have come from Moses. Michael Hoffman explains that one statement by, the, by Jesus, quote, crushed the whole beguiling system of indoctrination predicated on the uh, uh, pharisaic myth of the divine 
of a divine inspired oral tradition of the elders, unquote. Rabbi Ben Zion Boxer, a boxer admits that the so-called traditions of the Jews that form the foundation of Judaism are entirely extra-biblical. He states that Jews and Christians alike are under the fallacious impression that Judaism is a religion based upon the Hebrew Bible. He states to the contrary that, quote, much of what exists in Judaism is absent in the Bible, and much of what is in the Bible cannot be found in Judaism. Judaism is not a religion of the Bible, end of quote. Judaism is based primarily upon the Kabbalah, Talmud, and other rabbinical writings. Where there is a conflict between their traditions, Talmud and Kabbalah, and the Old Testament Torah, their traditions take precedence. The Jews claim that the Talmud is partly a collection of traditions Moses gave them in an oral form. Those traditions had not yet been written down in Jesus' time. Christ condemned the traditions of the scribes and Pharisees because those traditions, which later became written down in the Talmud, nullify the teachings of the Holy Bible. <clears throat> Quote, making the word of God of none effect through their, through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye, end of quote. Mark 7.13, authorized version. Rabbi Joseph D. Uh, Solovitschik regard, is regarded as one of the most influential rabbis of the 20th century. He is viewed as unchallenged as the unchallenged leader of the Orthodox Judaism and the top international authority on Hanukkah, the Jewish religious law, or Halakha, Halakha, <clears throat> the Jewish religious law. Quote, Solovetjik was responsible for instructing and ordaining more than 2,000 rabbis, quote, an entire generation, quote, of Jewish leaders, end of quote. Uh, however, when the New York Times explained his study, the only basis mentioned uh, for his ascended religious leadership was his study of the Talmud. Until his early 20s, he devoted himself almost exclusively to the study of the Talmud. There was no mention in the article of the esteemed rabbi's study of the Old Testament Torah as basis for being one of the leading authorities on Jewish law. That is because the Talmud, along with the Jewish, along with the Kabbalah, forms the basis for Judaism. And they are largely contrary to the Old Testament Torah. Hoffman states, quote, Their rabbis' credentials are all predicated upon his mastery of the Talmud, end of quote. Britain's Jewish Chronicles, Chronicles, 
uh, March 26, 1993, states that the religious school, Yeshiva, Jews are devoted to the Talmud to the exclusion of everything else in the quote. To add tradition to God's word is rebellion against God's command that nothing be added or taken away from his words. Quote, ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. End of quote. Deuteronomy 4.2 A.B. Quote, what thing soever I command you, observe to, to do it, and thou shalt not be added thereto, nor diminish from it. Deuteronomy 12.32 A.V. There is a terrible curse to, that comes with adding or taking away from God's word. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of the prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Revelation 22, verses 18 and 19 A.V. Authorized version. The Holy Bible warns us about those who would attempt to turn us away from Christ to follow the traditions of men. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the traditions, the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this of the world, and not after Christ. Colossians two eight. Authorized version. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship in humility and ne ne neglecting the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Colossians 2, verses 20 through 23, authorized version of the Bible. He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Albeit in vain do ye, they worship me, teaching for the doctrines and commandments of men, for laying aside the commandments of God, or commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things ye do. He said unto them, Full well, Ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own traditions. Mark 7, verses 6 through 9, Authorized Version of the Bible. King James Bible, that is. 
Jesus said, quote, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst, unquote. John 6.35. Very simply, Jesus promised salvation to all who believe on him, adding any other requirement of faith in Jesus corrupts the gospel, resulting in the bread of death rather than the bread of life. Jesus warned his disciples, disciples, plural, to beware of the doctrines of religious leaders of their time. Jesus compared their doctrine to leaven. Only a little leaven of man-made rules works its way through the whole loaf and corrupts God's pure doctrine. The leaven of today's religious leaders is no different. The leaven of tradition corrupts God's pure word. Men's tradition has turned the bread of salvation into spiritual poison, killing the souls of those who eat of the corrupted loaf. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye have brought no bread. Do ye not understand, neither remember the five loaves of of the five thousand? And how many baskets were took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand? And how many baskets ye took up? How is it that ye do not understand that I speak it not of not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? Then understood they how that he had bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but the doctrines of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Matthew 16, 12, 6-12, A.B. A little leaven leaveth the whole lump. Galatians 5, 9. God wants us to purge out the leaven of man's traditions. Your glorying is not good. Now ye not know ye not that a little leaven lemmeth the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not the old, old not not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice. And wickedness, but with the uh, the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. First Corinthians five, verses six through eight. A B. Men's tradition requires work to earn salvation. Salvation, however, is by God's grace through faith alone on the completed work of Jesus Christ, who paid for all of our sins on the cross. Good works flow. From salvation, good works cannot earn salvation. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
for they for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath uh before the ordained that we should walk in them Ephesians two verses eight through ten A B. And this is the end of chapter four of uh, Solving the Mystery of Babylon the Great by Edward Henry. Tracking the beast from the synagogue to the Vatican. <clears throat> I'm enjoying the read so far. Okay. Uh. I am tired. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.